Sup, freaks. A day late, but better late than never. Matt, how you doing? My fault, my fault. I had a nine-hour drive yesterday, so. How was that nine-hour drive? I gave Marty two options. I said we could record on Wednesday or we could record today. And we did a great rip on Wednesday. When are we releasing that? On Monday? Uh, I plan on releasing it tomorrow morning, actually. Tomorrow morning. We did that with uh, Adam, uh, who's the lead maintainer of CoinOS. Um, so that's a fun rip. Fun rip. Um, you guys are going to learn a lot about Liquid. Uh, Adam's been building that for much longer than I than I realized. I had no idea. It wasn't on my radar at all. Yeah. Um, um, really cool Bitcoiner. Yeah, nine-hour drive yesterday. Uh, words to the wise to the freaks. Do not speed in Virginia. Ooh. Do you, bad, uh, bad state to speed in. Did you brush elbows with the state police in, in Virginia? Maybe a little bit. Ooh. Ah. You know you what? Know if you go if you go over eighty five miles an hour in Virginia, it's a reckless driving, automatically reckless driving. So do you have to go to court? If you if if you get a reckless drive, if you get over <laughs> eighty five, you have to go to court. I think it could be like a max of like twenty five hundred misdemeanor, twenty five hundred dollar fine. Yeah, when I was a, a young asshole at sixteen, I was driving to a, a lacrosse tournament at Rutgers, and I got caught. Going 90 in a 65, that was not fun. I had to go to court in, for that. Not in Virginia, though. In, in Jersey? In New Jersey, yeah. Don't recommend it in Jersey, either. Though. Yeah, I, I thought Jersey was bad. Virginia's way worse. Yeah. But anyway, I... Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't get that ticket, so... Well, you're but here now. Just how, words to wise. How did you pass the time? A lot of podcasts, music, uh, uh, conversation with your significant other? I, I had my lady listen to... Uh, the Godfrey episode on uh, Stefan. Oh, I still have that on my queue. Uh, oh my! God. I hear, I, I hear it it's my funny. Second time. It was my second time listening to it, but I was like, "You gotta listen to this." So we listened to that. But yeah, a lot of music. Us. Um, we've got a long list today. A lot going yeah. on. Yesterday was a crazy day. Crazy week. Getting closer to an election. If you freaks couldn't tell. Um, but we got a lot of Bitcoin stuff to focus on. So let's just hop into Clark's dashboard right away. The current price of Bitcoin is $11,324. One dollar is going to buy you 8,831 sats. Uh, you can currently buy 275 barrels of oil with one Bitcoin or 5.9 ounces of gold. Uh, we're at 1.7% of the gold total market cap. Uh, that is Bitcoin, not Matt and I. Maybe one day we'll get there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, we have a, we're going to have a difficulty readjustment sometime tomorrow. We're 163 blocks away right now. That's estimated to be an upwards adjustment of 2.9 percent. High streets at all time highs right now, right? Believe so. Let's check. Uh, Sorry, Clark. We're gonna we're gonna leave your dashboard and go to one of my new favorite bookmarks, which is Bitcoin.sipa.be. Yeah, Sipa's page is great. Yeah, and it's above one forty, probably around one fifty. For all for all intents and purposes, it's it's uh, all it's been like all time highs. Just keep break keeps breaking all time highs. Yes, um, a lot of hash rate coming on the network. More efficient hardware coming to the market. Uh, I guess wiser miners. Uh, there's a lot of people plugging machines here uh, in North America, uh, and the fundamentals around Bitcoin are also very strong outside of mining. So, tingle in the air. We've had a we've had a bit of a um, uh, 
a little price pump here in the last week, particularly over 11,000, uh, broke out of that $10,000 range and we've been hovering pretty strong above 11 K. Do you have any price talk to add to this, Matthew? It just, it seems the price action seems strong. Uh, uh, it, it's good when you see these like flat areas and then like, a just like a solid upward movement that's not, you know, like these big hills and valleys. Yeah. And like with the all-time high uh, hash rate. Uh, but the freaks know I'm always bullish, so <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Last time I got really bullish, we we dumped, so. Yeah. Never forget the uh, the market buy of 2019. Well, last time I brought that up, I was like, I there's a tweet from like a month ago or two months ago. I was like, we're like $500 away from that point. And we dumped right after I tweeted that. I fucking, <laughs> I jinxed us into a dump. All right. So, we'll be so under- we still haven't hit that point. We, we, we still haven't gotten to that point where I said the market buy. We're close. It's, it's about 8,000 sats per dollar. What are we at right now? Like 8,700, right? Around there, yes. So uh, that's what I'm watching. For me personally, the number is 8,000 sats per dollar because then I could tell the freaks just to sell everything and, and I could have no guilty conscience on my head. Praying that we get to that point soon, just so your <laughs> conscience can be cleared. <laughs> Bitcoin goes to zero. Uh, hey, you freaks can still get your one sat per byte fees in. Uh, actually, if you're... Probably the last time ever. Probably the last time ever. But uh, if you're willing to wait a day, you can send a one sat... Uh, per byte transaction, uh, immediate next block and one hour estimates are both at 62 sats per byte. Um, you can use liquid and send it for 0.1 sat per byte. Ooh, ooh, Matt's, Matt, you'll hear it in tomorrow's episode. Maybe a, a big liquid bull right now. Uh, Maxi. Speaking of liquid, there are currently 2,600.79 uh, Bitcoin pegged into the liquid side chain right now capacity value is around 30 million dollars whoo again fundamentals are strong where's whirlpool at on spent capacity whirlpool is at uh 1646.4 or excuse me 59 bitcoin it's pretty flat from last week moving i believe up. we're moving up we, bre- uh, we breached 1700 for a little bit back down uh Forgot to mention we are block height six hundred fifty three thousand and twenty two. Eighty eight point one nine percent of all Bitcoin have been issued that will ever exist have been issued to the network. Pretty pretty crazy. That number will never go down. <laughs> no, it will not. Uh big list today, as we mentioned. Before we get into it, just gotta get it out of the way. Uh this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. You freaks already know all about them. We actually got news to talk about them again this week. I love when they have news we can work into the ad read. Uh, cold card. When cold card? Question has been answered. Now you can go uh, use cold card with uh, Unchained's multi-sig quorums. About damn time. It's about damn time. We've been asking the question for quite some time. Uh, so if you want to set up a multi-sig vault with a cold card, that is now possible on Unchained. On, on top of that, if you want to go from zero to a multi-sig vault uh, with your hand being held along the way with a white glove concierge, surface concierge, uh, Unchained Capital is offering that. So they will do many video calls with you to ask your questions about multi-sig to get you comfortable uh, with the product suite, uh, with the vaults particularly. 
Uh, it's a $1,500 package. If you, you tell them that TFTC sent you, you're going to get $50 off. But that package includes, uh, again, video conference calls with the Unchained Capital team to explain what multisig is and to answer any questions you may have. Uh, on top of that, they're going to send you hardware wallets if you need them. Now, cold card. I believe they have a 10% off deal for cold card this week um, on their website. So we're going to link to that as well. But uh, the concierge service will uh, get you going from zero to multi-sig. So you get the hardware wallets and you'll set up the quorum uh, and they will put $1,000 in your vault. So go to www.unchained-capital.com. Check out their product suite. We're going to link particularly to the concierge service in the show notes. Again, tell them that Marty and Matt sent you. Uh, this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is also brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. You guys already know all about them. I hope you stack sets, send sets, sell sets, and receive sets. We're saying sets, 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 because sets are the standard, right? We're not buying fractions of Bitcoins. We're buying whole sats. Right now, $1 will get you around 8,800 sats, a little bit more. It's a good bargain. If you ask me, on top of that, if you're in a slivers of stonks, you can do that via Cash App Investing on the Cash App. Uh, if your favorite stock's a little too expensive, you can buy as little as $1 because all this is connected to your bank account. There's no four to five day waiting periods. Uh, you can start investing today and stacking sats today. Uh, make sure you use the code stacking sats when you download the app for the first time. If you haven't already, you're going to get $10 and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Go download the cash app. Strong hoots for the freaks this week. Strong week, Matt. Should we start out with Bip Taproot? Uh, well, just interesting thing about that cold card integration, which we've been looking forward to for a while from the Unchained Cap team, um, is they chose to go air gapped only, which is you can't use the USB mode on the cold card. You can only use it in air gapped mode. Which I like, is I like that. It's an interesting choice, design choice. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I use my gold card anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of dig that. Can't speak for the team, but maybe that's uh, what delayed cold card is going over that UX trade off. I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to give them an out. Yeah. Took long enough, guys. Glad it's there. <laughs> uh, big week. What should we start on? Should we? You, we could start with Taproot. That's bullish. I mean, I, I, we really should just, before we get there, let's talk about the L&D vulnerability that we know absolutely nothing about that was dropped right after RHR last week. Yeah, I think that's a good um, first topic. Just because we like to front load vulnerabilities. We're going to find out what that vulnerability is in four days. Um, before then, you should, you should, you know, the smart move is to update uh, to the most recent version. I think it's uh, 0.11.1, I believe. Um, and all the major node packages uh, have released updates if they didn't already if they weren't already up to that to that um, version of LND and that is only LND supposedly and once again we have no idea what the vulnerability is but it doesn't sound good no I mean if you can't have your node running on any version before 0.10 uh, it seems like it's a well I think 0.10 is vulnerable too yes Point yeah. ten and before, so. so literally every version except the current version. Yes, right? make sure you're upgraded to the latest version. Uh, I upgraded my node yesterday. I believe. Yeah, sorry. Our TFTC node should be upgraded as well. Yeah, I hope so. 
and 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 keep in mind here that there's multiple lightning implementations. So you know you we you have C lightning, um, you have Electrum's lightning implementation. Uh, there's Rust lightning, uh, but LND is by far. Oh, and you you have a Claire from Async, but LND is by far dominating on the network. I think it's like seventy five percent or something of nodes on the network are LND. Yeah, that that number wouldn't surprise me. It's pretty high, so so not great. Yes, so be aware, freaks. If you're running LND, uh, update. Make sure you're updated. Uh, speaking of updated. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, BIP340, BIP341, and BIP342, uh, also known as the BIP taproot proposals, have been merged into Bitcoin Core. This is a big step towards getting it activated. It's not activated yet. Uh, now we're at the point where the network has to decide whether or not uh, it wants to uh, activate and use these, these upgrades. Again, Schnorr signatures would change the way... Uh, uh, they control private public key uh, origination, don't they, too? What do you mean by that? They, they help you create your private public key pair. I'm like, yeah, instead of ECDSA. Yeah, yeah, instead of ECDSA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would, I mean, we've talked about Schnorr plenty of times on this podcast. It was patented when Satoshi first launched a Bitcoin network, so it couldn't be used. Uh, it has the patent has expired within the last 11 years last 12 years and uh people believe that it is a more efficient better way uh, it gives you massive efficiency gains yes you can combine things uh makes multi-sig with cross-sig aggregation which will not be here yet but potentially in the future um makes makes it destroys the heuristics used by chain surveillance companies uh, massive uh, so that taproot which is uh, another massive upgrade which uh, should make bitcoin more extendable what you can do with U- utxo they're mostly setup upgrade yes it's mostly a setup upgrade except it, it does have an immediate result of making multi-sig cheaper um and uh, Bitcoin Magazine just had a really good uh, video it did. video talk on it. That I was like an hour and a half. So go check that out on their YouTube page. It's Aaron Van um, Weirdom, our boy CK, Andrew Polstra, Adam Chris Gibson Belcher. And Chris Belcher. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, and just keep in mind, that the, I wouldn't say this is like the easy part, but um, we still have like, the hard, the I would say the hardest part, not to diminish all the work that's been done. I appreciate everyone who's put in so much work and review into the proposal and getting it merged. Um, but now is actually, you know, when we we have to like figure out how it's going to actually be upgraded and included into the network. Yeah. So there's two um, there's two main activation paths right now that are popular. I guess is the way to say Bip8 and Matt Corallo, who proposed a uh a new form of a user act or excuse me uh a new form of a of a soft fork uh that has like a longer signaling period and then if uh if the signaling doesn't work you have a six month period of discussion and then you uh you start signaling again for a longer period of time i believe where bit is is uh is a little bit more straightforward 
I believe. Well, one is it starts with minor signaling, I believe, and then it goes to if that doesn't happen, then you have like a flag day, which is like what UASF was. Yes. But I guess in Kerala's proposal, it's all like combined into one. Um, and it's really, really long time frame. <laughs> it's like three years or something like that. Yeah, I think um, the longest it could take is three years. I believe the shortest is 12 months. Um, you know, hopefully we just have minor signaling and there's no controversy and you're good. Uh, but we'll see. I, you know, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is our boy Fiat Jeff, um, don't know if I pronounced that, whatever. I, he's our boy. And he, uh, I feel like every time I have something that I like wish existed, like he has already built it. <laughs> like he just quietly builds awesome projects in the background. And he has like a prediction market set up for it already. That uses lightning. Oh, well, um, this is funny. Like, he could have named it better, to be honest. Uh, it's on his Ed- Edelenium platform, E-T-L-E-N-E-U-M.com platform, predictions.that.com. Um, and that's supposed to be obvious, I mean, if if you can tell from the sound, it's like a take on Ethereum, right? And like the idea is that you don't need, you don't need uh, like a distributed consensus chain to build these things. You can just build it centralized. And he basically just built it centralized. And, you know, you have, there obviously is trust in him to use it, but because of that, you get like massive efficiency gains because it's super centralized. Um, So that's pretty cool. Competing with Augur. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a very simple, nice, um prediction platform that's uh it's it's pretty cool well this uh this is funny that you bring this up particularly because one of the shout shout outs this week mentions this specifically um so i'm this wondering prediction yeah platform. i wonder if it's not the platform but the particular prediction you're talking about uh I'm, will there be a signaling mechanism for the tapered software deployed before the end of 2020 uh, here it is. I need help. I'm reaching out to all the freaks. I'm really hoping someone will set up a betting pool for guessing when Taproot is going to be activated. I can guarantee. I can guarantee. I'll bet five million sats that it will be activated. I, I guess by March 23rd. Uh, maybe the payout could be based off of some bell curve distribution of the dates guessed and where your guess lies on it versus how close you were to the actual activation date or something like math. Game theory work? Question mark. Teach me why not. I have no idea uh, uh, how this prediction market would be created. Um, so what's interesting here about his is that it's will there be? A, it's not whether or not it gets activated. His is saying will there be a signaling mechanism chosen before the end of 2020? So, so, so what he what his market is 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 deciding is basically what's happening is all the developers have PTSD. Um, and most of the stakeholders do from how, how controversial segment was. Right. So everyone see, everyone seems to be really scared about putting their neck on the line and that's, deciding which signaling mechanism to choose. And that's the first step, right? The first step is we have to at least have a signaling mechanism before we can even see if it gets signaled. Yeah. And I think, uh, Matt's proposal for activation is probably a product of that 
that scarring from Segwit 2X that you mentioned. Yeah, but I think part of the issue is like you're just asking for trouble. You know, we got to have a little bit of confidence here. We can't. Uh, right. Yeah. If you're like if you're like bringing in controversy by just expecting it. <coughs> I don't know. We'll see. I think the quicker that we, I think the quicker this activation path is decided and people start signaling, uh, the better. I think. I don't think it gets. I don't think it gets activated before the end of. 2021 i'll take the under on that okay we'll see we'll see um you want to put actual money on it we can uh yes but let's put a million sats down somewhere a million Uh, sats why don't we donate to hrf's the loser has to donate to hrf's uh debt fund i like that uh, okay, a million sats, twenty twenty one. Yes, set your reminders for December thirty first. Has to be activated. Yes. Oh well. Damn. Now I'm like questioning. Like we have to ha- like have Taproot and Schnorr. Like you, it's live. You know what? Let's will this into existence. Yes, million sats, loser two. Human Rights Foundation. There we go. Mark your calendars, December thirty first, twenty twenty one. Remind us, freaks. Yes. Go into your phones. Go into December 31st, 2021. And say, is Taproot here? If not, Marty, one mil to HRF. If yes, Matt, one mil to HRF. Either way, HRF gets the million sets. Yes. Um, Should we just rip through the rest of the shoutouts? They're great shoutouts this week. Yeah, let's go to the shoutouts. The following is a test of the Bitcoin broadcast system. Important information will follow this tone. (laughs) Penis. Thank you for your attention. This was a test of the Bitcoin broadcast system. Love, dirtbags. You dirtbags. Cheers. That was great. Put a smile (laughs) on my face. Gentlemen, I love this shout out. Very, uh... Very excited to read this shout-out and share this news with you freaks. Gentlemen, I come to you with extremely bullish news, much more bullish than even the micro-strategy news. In my honest opinion, my wife and I are expecting our second child. This marks yet another new citizen of the world that will never have known a time when Bitcoin did not exist. As with my three-year-old daughter, I will do my best to raise them both as kind-hearted, low-time preference individuals. One last thing. In true Bitcoiner fashion, we've managed to time our children with the having cycle our daughter was born mid-bull during the last bitcoin <laughs> epoch here's hoping the next kiddo brings along the same good fortune uh btc sessions procreation model is greater than the stock to flow model from our boy ben at btc sessions congratulations oh, ben. ben oh congratulations uh very excited for you and your wife your family uh your daughter it's uh that's way more bullish than micro strategy Right. It's not even fucking close. If the trend continues within the Sessinge family uh, to have a child and then incite a bull market, I'm going to root for for the Sessions family. <laughs> Seriously, though, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's way more bullish. Yes. Uh, you'll like this one, Matthew. Average folks always underestimate the importance of privacy. They have a hard time grasping why it's important. This is because it's intangible. When you lose your privacy, you don't see a physical thing being taken away from you. But the targeting that results from the loss of privacy leads to mind control. Plain and simple, when you lazily accept the 
that loss of privacy is inevitable. No big deal or argue that you have nothing to hide. You give up personal agency. You succumb to mind control. You, rec- you become a cuck, totally subservient to the elite powers that rig the system. Your ancestors are rolling in their graves. Man the fuck up and stop giving yourself away for the ability to like gifts and make dance videos. It's embarrassing. Privacy is freedom. I know the freaks believe in freedom, but do you? In closing, stay humble, stack sats, and keep your tits in a barrel, freaks. Love it, 100%. Yes. There's n- there's no freedom without privacy. Agreed. From an anonymous freak. Those Cheers, were sh- freak. Those were the shout-outs of the week. Thank you, freaks. Uh, Appreciate you all. For asking questions, announcing births, riling up the troops to, pr- to uh, protect and preserve and value their privacy. Quality. I mean, Quality shout-outs this week. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect time to bring up that uh, our Department of Justice is spearheading a global effort to uh, ban end-to-end encryption. Uh, uh, the war on encryption has, has not ended yet. It has been a constant battle, and it will be a constant battle for a long time coming. How two-faced was that release? It always is. This is always what they do, you know? And and, and it's, Im- it's important for people to realize that this is a ban on end-to-end encryption. It's an attempted ban. Um, even though they won't say as much, because if you have a centralized backdoor, that backdoor will never be secure. So, in effect, what it does is criminalizes workable end-to-end encryption. Um, and and the the real fear here is this doesn't stop criminals from using it. Like end-to-end encryption is available as free open-source software. Criminals are enemies. They're still going to use this software. Um, it, it, it just hurts law-abiding citizens. It just hurts honest people because their products, their general products, their access to these, to these encryption tools will be extremely limited. And if they do use them, they're going to be de facto criminals. They, they get criminalized. Yes. There's no such thing as a backdoor. Vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, a backdoor, encryption can't be backdoored. It's literally math. If there is a backdoor, there's something weird going on. Well, not, I mean, I mean, it could be backdoored. It's yeah, exactly. It's not secure. Yeah, it's not secure. And our, we we can't trust these. We can't trust these companies. We can't trust our governments with protecting this information. They will get compromised eventually, and it makes us extremely vulnerable. Like our our, it it's, it amazes me because it's very similar to the the gun debate, and it's interesting how people fall on different sides of that. Where there, you'd think that. People that were, you know, that that understand uh, that criminals can still get guns um, would feel the same way about encryption and vice versa. But a lot of times that's not the case. No, it's very interesting. And anyway, so this is a is it was what's even scarier about something like this is is a global push. So it's the five countries, um, which is U.S., U.K., uh, Canada, New Zealand and Australia plus Japan and one other country. Um, but anyway, the, the, there's this global push to try and to try and ban encryption, and we, we need to push back on it. India. Um, India, yeah. So it's, it's very scary. This is, uh, it, it, you know, I, I think it kind of went below the radar. Like, uh, it's, it's not being discussed enough. Yeah, it got caught up and in the uh, Trump takes his mask off news cycle. It makes us it makes us extremely vulnerable. Uh, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll make us extremely vulnerable. If if you're a patriot, um, then you should not support this. If you're 
pro-individual, you should not support this. If you're pro-freedom, you should not support this. Like, pretty much no one should be supporting this. Agreed. It's William Barr, Bill Barr, pushing this stuff. I believe he's made an attempt like this in the past, correct? Even before he was in the Trump administration. I mean, I, yeah, I, look, the war on encryption is a long, you know, it, it used to be treated as munitions back in the day, uh, and you couldn't export it. Uh, yes, and so, I... So, yeah. Well, with this thought in mind... I don't know if we have it on the list, but I recommend you freaks go check out the uh, series on Reason.com of the history of the cypherpunks in the context of what Matt was just discussing there. I think it's important to know the history of the technologies that came before Bitcoin and built the building blocks that led to Bitcoin and, and the, uh, the wars that the builders of the technology went through, particularly uh, the PGP wars of the 90, 90s against the the u.s supreme court and they actually wound up wanting got code deemed as speech um but it seems that uh this battle is not over yet as matt has been describing well here's the thing right like they might not ban uh like pgp encryption they might they might not success you know and it's hard to enforce right um open source software is extremely hard to clamp down on it's going to spread they're not going to be able to stop it so that's that's a plus the plus is that it's going to be extremely difficult to enforce and not if, if not impossible they'll try and make examples of people um what they can do is you know things like signal uh iMessage um these you know zoom's talking about adding encryption into their product line like these things where it, it creates end-to-end encryption is like the default that people are able to use in these very accessible products. Those are going to get removed, right? Or, or they'll, they'll have backdoors on them that make them insecure. Um, and another thing here to keep in mind is this is why open source software is so important because, you know, uh, Apple can say that iMessage is encrypted, but if we can't inspect the code, then they could just put a backdoor in there and we wouldn't even know what was going on. You have to trust them in that situation. So encryption isn't secure if it has a backdoor, and encryption isn't secure really if it's if it's not open source and you can't actually view the code and audit it. Yes. Um, very dangerous precedent here. It's very, it's very, very. Um, it's it's not a good thing to see. So, like we say, speak up. This battle has been won in the past. It seems that there is another uh, right in front of us now. Uh, but it's time to sack up, push back, and and fight for technology that honestly they're, they're not going to be able to stop it at the end of the day they're just wasting time and resources so hopefully it's not like alcohol prohibition where everything still went on you just push people to be criminals uh but with that being said it's coming from both sides right like we have the attempts to be able to spy on you within these apps and then uh, the other side of it is is not even allowing you to do certain actions which is censoring and so I think it's important to know that yesterday it sort of went under the radar as well, but it was actually poetically under the radar as the Twitter censorship drama was unfolding. Uh, The fact that Twitter censored people from sharing a particular article from the New York Post. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, there was a, uh, a hearing at the House Intelligence Community uh, in during which uh, a few individuals were arguing that the government should have more oversight over the internet and uh, the ability to censor certain 
groups with certain ideas like QAnon and quote unquote white supremacist and um, other groups, boogeymen like that uh, as the Twitter drama was unfolding. And that's something that went under the radar. I think you freaks should check out as well as the YouTube video. Cause it's pretty scary what they're talking about um, and how they're justifying um, their arguments to the government to censor more online. Well, that's what th- these tools, you know, we're going towards this is why I call the the Constitution a shitcoin, right? Because I, I don't <laughs> think you can rely on laws to protect this speech. I think you've got to rely on code. I think I think it needs these platforms need to be distributed. They need to have encryption baked into them. Um, I think speech needs to be protected through technology. Right. And and rather than debate, you know, who gets banned and who gets censored and who gets blocked like these platforms should just be built in ways that that can't happen in the first place, that no one can do that, that no one has the power to do that. And you can still moderate them. Um, you just have like moderator lists or something that you subscribe to um, where you're like, pat, you know, like you're similar to how muting works now on, on something like Twitter, but where you're able to subscribe to like these mute lists so you don't see the content you don't want to see, but you can choose to do it. And criminals can still be prosecuted. You just do good, good old fashioned police work. And I just want to say here that this is why I took an extremely hard line about being against the WeChat TikTok ban, okay? Because we cannot have the the executive branch of our government deciding which apps you can have on your phone and which apps you can't. It, it's a slippery slope on both sides. I don't I don't think this is I don't think people are, you know, people are constantly seem to be picking you know, which situations piss them off based on whose views they agree with. But it's coming from both angles, and it's an extremely slippery slope that we got to be very, very fucking careful about. I completely agree. It's... No, and you see, again, when you see the justifications that are being made to do this, too, from fellow citizens, it's, like, nauseating. Like, some people want to give this shit up. They're so afraid of the the quote-unquote QAnons and uh, like extremist groups of the world online that they're willing to completely throw out the baby with the bathwater and destroy everybody's ability to speak freely, uh, openly, explore crazy ideas if you want to. Like You can't nerf the world. You have to... It's very belittling, too, to assume that people are too stupid to discern for themselves what is real and what is not. Uh, it's very patronizing and paternalistic, which the state seems to be becoming more and more and more paternalistic. And now um, they're getting into what you can talk about, which is pretty crazy, freaks. Again, frogs boiling in water. It's insane. But we also see... So, okay, so that's on the left, right? You just brought up the left again about about with QAnon and, and that House committee meeting. But then on the right... You have people saying they want to change Section 230 um, to to make it so that the government can can regulate Twitter and choose what Twitter how Twitter interacts with their platform, right? So it's fucking messy on both sides. Like there there's like a very small diagram Venn diagram there of people that are coming up with the right takes here. They got we got to be very fucking careful. Like I do not want. I do not want our fucking federal government deciding how these platforms are run. No. Like, that is not the solution. No. Love them or hate them, Beautyon 
is a stick in everybody's ass, but being like, hey, yeah, if you want something better, build something better. Uh, I do get the argument that the the investment that individuals put in the mind share and the network effect. We talk about network effects. Bitcoin's a huge network effect. These social media companies are sort of dictated by network effects too. And the more people, the more conversations, the arguably better the product is. Uh, but if you start censoring the uh, framework and or building a framework in which conversation can happen, what topics can be covered, it sort of depreciates that network effect. And so... If you're unhappy with Twitter, seek out alternatives. I started posting a couple posts to Gab yesterday to see what that's like. Um, there's a small Bitcoin community over there. I was on Mastodon yesterday too, checking that out. But if this stuff continues, like I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to stay on Twitter. Um, well, Gab is using uh, Gab is actually running their own Mastodon server, um, but there was infighting there, so they're actually blocked off from the majority of the Fediverse. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, they are they are using it isn't you know they're using that open source code that Mastodon uses. Yeah, uh, it's we, a fork. Weird times, freaks. Weird times. I think these things are just gonna. It's gonna you know. Hopefully, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater in the meantime. But it's just gonna take time, you know, for these pla- for for more open platforms uh, to to come around and and. Um, start getting like some network effect and stuff. Platforms where you can't uh, block people, you can't censor people by design. Um, I don't really think any of them are there yet, though. I don't think Mastodon's there. I don't think Gab's a real solution. I mean, they've already been hypocrites in certain things that Marty, you agree with, but um, what's that? They're like they're blocking porn on on <laughs> are uh, they? on Gab. Yeah, so it's like free speech for speech that I like only, you know. And I think. Um, and then, then you have other centralized, you know, options like Parler is, is out recently, and 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 it's just the same idea. It's just different masters. You're choosing, you're choosing different centralized masters that are going to choose what what goes on and what doesn't go on. When really the ultimate solution is going to be more open platforms where you don't have that kind of censorship possibility to begin with. But it's going to take time, and and it's yeah. I I I, I kind of look at it the same way. I look at the privacy issues like there's just going to have to be pain and people are going to have to learn slowly and the hard way yeah. on a bright side though like twitter like it completely blew up in their face i mean the article they tried to block on the new york post article got way more views because of yeah. what they did Streisand and effect. yeah and then they had a, they backtracked they, they you know jack's just been uh, uh doing damage control ever since then yeah it's a pretty weak response Jack, if you're listening, can't imagine the stress of running Twitter, but you have to have a better response than that. You can't just block links during three weeks before an election. It's insane. It's I can't wait for this election to be over. Uh, well, I've said from the beginning that the the mess that they ever got themselves in was trying to moderate the shit to begin with. It should just yeah. be... It's a slippery slope, and the slippery it, slope is just getting slipperier and slipperier, and now you're at a point... You started with Alex Jones, and now you can't fucking share an NY Post link. It's fucking insane. It's... There should have been. There should be no algorithm. It should just be a straight time-based feed, and Twitter should do zero moderation whatsoever. And if you and you should be able to subscribe to moderation lists if you want to by outside moderators. Yes, that's it. Allow people, super super simple. Allow developers to leverage your API, build those products. Then exactly. Twitter becomes more of the protocol. That Twitter's already dead. It's just not priced in yet, unfortunately. Ooh. 
Yeah, you've and in. to the people that say that Jack is going to bring this over with, you know, Cash App's our sponsor with Square or whatever, I think I, two things. First of all, I think he has way more control over Square than he does over Twitter. Uh, I think the amount of power that people think he has over Twitter is greatly overstated. Like, it's it's been taken over by the executive board and whatnot. Um, he doesn't have that much control of Twitter. And second of all, it, like... If he if he fucks with Bitcoin, like Bitcoiners will just turn on him in a fucking heartbeat. Like you don't have to preemptively turn on him. Uh, I mean, if you want to, go. You know, by all means, do it. Uh, but I'll turn on him. You know, if he turns on Bitcoin, if he starts attacking Bitcoin. If you look at someone like Brian Armstrong and Coinbase, you can see how much worse, uh, like uh, the scenario could be. Like the, having Square, having a massive public company. You know, fighting for self custody, fighting the Square Crypto is is funding great fucking projects over there. Um, like, it could be there's like no shit coins on on Cash App. Like, there it could be so much worse. I, I just yeah. Um, I think they I think at Square they're fighting the good fight, and it's easy to combine the two and say like Twitter is fucking bullshit, and and so so Square is fucking bullshit. But I they're wholly separate companies. Yes. We know a few members of the Cash App team, and I think they uh, they have good intentions. Bitcoin's best intention, intentions in mind, and yeah, I would I would echo what Matt said there. I don't think Jack has much granular control over what's going on at Twitter, uh, as many people think. But yeah, I want to be more optimistic of Twitter's future. Like I wish they would just like go back to before they started banning Alex Jones and Milo and just go back to that policy, let everybody back on, open up your API, let people create those moderation lists that Matt was talking about and get back to, get back to basics. I've been waiting for that for too long now. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Actions speak louder than words. Um, and I'm, I'll be consistent about that. That's why I'm bearish on Twitter, but I, I have no issues with square yet. Um, if square starts banning coin join usage and, and you know stops funding open source development they're funding btc pay server you know like if if they start making moves like that you know they start adding filecoin and shitcoin after shitcoin after shitcoin how like, about that dump dude then then you know then i'll i'll fucking turn on them at that point but if if the freaks want to turn on them now they can turn on them now i don't care you know i i want the freaks to be independent about it but that's my i just want them to know my thinking yeah. Again, fuck yeah. Filecoin. The, the use case of Filecoin is just dumping on retail. How egregious was it? Like one of the more egregious. It was that like two hundred dollars at one point in VCs automatically. It got added to Coinbase or Gemini, at least, and Gemini, I think Coinbase. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I it's on a bunch. FTX went, uh, went from two hundred dollars like sixty dollars within, and the presale was like fifty cents to like the insiders or something. Yes, so even something at sixty dollars, they're up one hundred twenty x. It's insane. Yeah. Fuck that shit. We shouldn't. I shouldn't even brought it up, but it's infuriating. Yeah. Um, and we have to give Coinbase a shout out because I promise that any company that funds Bitcoin development would get a shout out, even if I hate them. They're thinking um, about it. I don't think they've done it yet, have they? Yeah, they haven't done it yet. That's important, Marty. That's a good point. Um. And yeah, Brian Armstrong can still go fuck himself. So, hey, 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 I agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good to see at least you know finally, finally they're 
it looks like they're going to. We'll see if it happens. Yes, we shall see. Um, relatively good news. A, a Samuel Reed, CTO of Bitmax, got out of uh, got out of jail on bond, five million dollar bond. So he's no longer in the clinker. Uh, however, the uh, court case, the charges that have been launched at BitMEX versus, uh, via the U.S. government, excuse me, um, they have a long battle ahead still. But Samuel, and they seized his passport. Yeah, so he won't be traveling anytime soon outside of the country. Um, so we're going to keep covering uh bitmex including the fact that they hired a new compliance officer this this week um from revolute bank revolute revolt i think it's revolute right is that how you pronounce it yeah i'm not sure they're european right i think so um yeah we we mentioned this last week we read this news from bitmex's blog did we yeah we're looking at a a block crypto no Re- apologies. Rehash um, of their blog. Um, to our Indian guess, freak. What was that? Wow. I ahead. mean, the big news today that's going down right now is OKX seems to be in fucking. Oh yes. A hot mess. Their withdrawals have been uh, suspended, and right before we started recording, like thirty-five million dollars worth of Bitcoin got sent to Binance <laughs> from really? the wallet. So Lovely. I don't know what's going on there. Supposedly, their founders in custody. Yeah, so they have a blog post out, suspension of digital assets slash cryptocurrency withdrawals. One of our private key holders is currently cooperating with the Public Security Bureau and investigations where required. We have been out of touch with the concerned private key holder. As such, the uh, associated authorization cannot be completed. So it seems like the CCP has arrested one of their executives who holds a private key is at least a story they're telling. Uh, well, I am nomad uh, on OJ. Twitter. What OJ? OJ was saying that um, he did. A, he posted a screenshot of their cold storage, and they say their cold storage is like set up. You know, if there's a kidnapping, if there's all these different scenarios, so he thinks they're full of shit because they're basically saying that like Star Zoo, their founder, is you know in custody, and that's why they can't do with withdrawals and he says you know that's bullshit so what he thinks it is is uh or like his guess is that they're they're working with the ccp for some reason and they they don't want to tell us the full truth really Um, the one thing to keep in mind is that a lot of the plus token money went through okcoin yes or okx i don't know they're the same right they're just no it's like i don't think they're the same Okay. Isn't OKX just a like a branch of OKCoin? Maybe I'm not positive. Yeah, I believe so. I think OKX is like maybe they're global facing or the opposite. Yeah, they have the same logo or similar logos. It's weird. Very similar, uh, not the exact same. One is like global facing, and one is. Well, anyway, it seems that they're. Uh... And they're based in Hong Kong, based in Malta, but their headquarters are in Hong Kong or something to that effect. Yeah. So beware, freaks, if you have any uh, UTXOs on OKEX and can't cut them off. Let this be a lesson. 
I hope that you will eventually be able to withdraw those UTXOs. Uh, but while you're not able to, think long and hard about how much uh, Bitcoin you have on particular exchanges. On and whether, any exchanges. On any exchanges, yes. And whether or not you would uh, be more comfortable with that in self-custody. If you're not comfortable with self-custody, start reading up. Bitcoin demands extreme ownership, demands extreme research. Uh, start practicing. Practice makes perfect. Indian exchanges are working together to provide stricter KYC AML compliance. Coindesk reported on this uh, to any of our Indian freaks out there. It seems that it's very volatile over in India with Bitcoin exchanges. I feel like the government... It was banned, and then it was unbanned. Now this. Yeah. So in the seven months since India's top court allowed banks to legally service crypto platforms, users, and trade volumes, the local exchanges have increased, but... Regulators have been a little opaque on the rules, so it seems like they're coming out of nowhere and um, adding some KYC AML compliance. Well, it seems stuff like as they're well. sharing information, right? They're like setting up an API between the different exchanges so that they can automatically share information and then send it to the regulators. Yes. Um, so be aware. Any freaks listening in India? Government's coming for your information. And they probably know that you own Bitcoin if you're buying it on centralized exchanges. But I'd be interested to uh, to see what the breakdown of P2P exchanges and regulated exchanges, like P2P, like black market exchanges in India since the exchanges were shut down. I, I imagine it's it's more, they have a stronger P2P because there was a need, right? People yeah. realized. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, the Indian people in general, I mean, we discussed this briefly last week. You know, they value gold a lot. Uh, they have a very independent penchant in general. Um, and the government is always con is constantly trying to, like, wrestle control over them. So I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, and we saw that with the cash ban, where, like, a lot of Indians just had, like, large amounts of cash, like, under their mattress, essentially. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if the black market over there is... And the gray market is, is a lot stronger than in, in Western countries, at least percentage-wise. Yeah, I would be. I would not be shocked at all if it's pretty robust. You imagine if the exchanges were. Basically yeah, I mean, you couldn't get it. Like, if you yeah. wanted to get Bitcoin, you had to go the, that route. Yeah. Um, and then also at the same time, we have have Spain. Um, Spain has a new bill on the books that they're that looks like it's going to get get placed into effect. That's going to require full disclosure of Bitcoin holdings. Which I think is just going to become like pretty much the standard across most of the developed world, uh, at least for you know the the near term. So we'll we'll see how all that plays out. Beware, Spanish freaks! Government wants to know how much Bitcoin you own. I guess the steps there, if it's going to get forced upon you, make sure you don't give up your addresses. Uh, like for our taxes this year for TFTC. The business we had to report how much bitcoin we owned or it was on yeah, our I mean, you have to report income yeah it was on our balance sheet so yeah um tft i mean i think ultimate in the beginning they're not going to ask for addresses but ultimately they're going to start asking for addresses at some point ah fuck that like in canada we already saw them i think they were asking for addresses um yeah, yeah. not great we'll see how this plays out Speak up, freaks. Speak up. Every little speak up goes a long way. Uh, 
we already mentioned this in the ad read at the beginning. Unchained added cold card support. Pretty dope. Long time coming. Uh, as Matt said, air gap only for their support. Which requires a little bit more understanding of how the cold card works, particularly offline, uh, and how to use this SD card, but well worth it to be able to diversify the the hardware wallets that are used in the, the multi-seq quorums on Unchained. It helps diversify risk. You want to rattle out our updates? Rattle them out. If you're running my node version 0.2.16, version 0.2.17 is now available. Uh, and this is uh, an upgrade. They, they had a major UI update in this. They upgraded Dojo as well to version 1.8.0 uh, and a couple other things. Spectre is up to date in there as well. Um, Noddle version 0.1.1F is uh is out in the wild now too if you're running a noddle um make sure you upgrade uh they're planning a bigger upgrade this weekend so be on the lookout for that um right now i think they push this update to to upgrade l and d to version 0.11.1 and they upgraded dojo they upgraded dojo as well um ride the lightning version 0.1 9.1 beta is has been released. Go update that if you're running Ride the Lightning. Uh, Eclair version 0.4.2 has been released by Async. Uh, major changes. Plugins. Third-party plugins are now able to add new feature bits to Eclair and handle unknown custom messages. This lets plugin developers offer services to their clients that are not available in the Lightning specification. And they added Keysend support. Yes. Keysend anchor outputs. And they made some API changes as well. So if you're running Eclair, make sure you go upgrade that to version 0.4.2. Join Market version 0.7.1 is now available. Um, BIP78 pay join receiver has been implemented. So before on Join Market, you could send pay joins. You couldn't receive pay joins. Um, For BIP78, which is the pay join compatibility one that's compatible with wasabi uh btc pay um and blue wallet yes um so that's pretty big for usability and ability to get easier privacy by being able to receive a pay join uh treasure suite public beta has been released i tested it out earlier this week it's pretty cool it's pretty sleek but i was messaging with you i was hoping this desktop app was going to enable me to connect to my full node not have to depend on treasure servers but that's not the case no full node support no coin control but you know hopefully one day they'll add it uh in the meantime you could use your treasure with specter and you get both of those things so matt uh liquid bull and inspector bull <laughs> when we were talking about that you're way just more like, bullish on specter than liquid you're like just get on specter dude yeah, I just I'm just I'm a Spectre maximalist now. Yes. Spectre plus Bitcoin Core. Makes Get a lot of sense. Done. Makes a lot of sense. Uh Electrum version four point zero point four has been released. I believe there were some it has like this auto things. RBF mode. Yes, where that's what you it can was. like cancel it. Tra- it look. It, it's it said, really just RBF to yourself, replaced by feed to yourself. It said but double it, spend, right? Yeah, but it's it's you're 
but in practice, what you're doing is you're like canceling the transaction because you're just replacing the, it by fee and sending it to yourself, which is a feature that Blue Wallet implemented first and then Electrum borrowed from there. It's a great idea. I mean, from a UX point of view, it makes a lot more sense to a person as, as a canceled transaction. Yes. Uh, they fix something with PS, their PSBT implementation as well. And this seems pretty big, actually, because uh, I know Unchained had this problem with Ledger, too. Uh, they fix the derivation path as unusual warnings, I believe, for multi-sig transactions. The ledger device sends a weird little warning that scares people away, I believe. Could be wrong. That's all we got for updates. There's a lot of updates. That's good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, go on. This is interesting news. Stone Ridge... Uh, announced a $115 million Bitcoin investment. I believe it is an investment firm. They had a bunch of analysts on the team that were Bitcoin bulls just personally and had Bitcoin in their personal accounts. Uh, they would talk to their clients about this. Their clients said, hey, we want exposure to build, uh, excuse me, we want exposure to Bitcoin. And the team wound up building uh, something, I think it's NYDIG or something like that, which was a spinoff of the fund uh, that, specializes in custody of bitcoin and i believe nydig yes uh new york digital investment group and i believe other cryptocurrencies as well but i believe they have a billion dollars aum 115 million or 10 billion aum and 115 million is uh in bitcoin so it was, uh, and i believe they've had this position for a while so they're they're leaking it maybe getting fomo after seeing you Michael said Saylor. 10 billion right 10 billion AUM, 115 right. million. Well, that's yes. Stone Ridge is 10 billion, and then New York Dig has 115 million worth of Bitcoin, which yes. is was an existing investment, I guess, already. Yes. So I guess they saw. Or maybe they just raised it a little bit. Potentially. I, I believe they uh, saw Michael Saylor and Jack announcing that they had Bitcoin <laughs> on their treasuries and said, hey, we've been doing this for a while. Learn about us. Uh, speaking of Bitcoin treasuries, our, our good friend Rodolfo slapped those bingo boards, uh, has created a site, bitcointreasuries.org, and he is competing with our boy Matt O'Dell for the best domain He has a names. problem. He has a domain addiction problem. I hope he gets it checked out. Yes. Um, so if you're a publicly traded company or a, privately, a private company uh, and you want to get added to this list, of companies with Bitcoin on their treasuries, you can do so at bitcointreasuries.org. Uh, altogether, there are 620,030 Bitcoin on the balance sheets of publicly traded companies, private companies, and ETF-like products. Yeah, they're just cheating because the GBTC is holding a shit ton of there. Yes. Barry. Uh, Barry. He's going to keep buying those Bitcoins, he said, so... Yeah, he has it hosted on GitHub, so you can just submit a pull request if you want to uh, change it. Um, I mean, if you want to add information there. I mean, the the public companies, you can actually verify uh, because they have to report those numbers. They're private ones. Uh, not, you know, you're just taking their word for it because um, they don't have those public disclosures. I mean, I, I listened to your uh, podcast with uh, Ansel. Uh, it was a great podcast with Ansel Lindner. Um you guys mentioned two things there. You mentioned like uh, 
like I think he said 10 to 20%. If we got to 10 to 20% of Americans owning Bitcoin, it'd become a lot harder for, for Bitcoin to be banned. Um, possibly. I, I tend to agree with that line of reasoning. But what, what percentage do you think we're at right now? That own Bitcoin? Like 1%? 350 million people. 1% would be 3.5 mil. With with self custody, and I I mean I I won't put the onus that they have to use their own node, but self custody at least. We'll we'll say just self custody. I bet it's less than one percent. Right, way less than one percent. And then the second thing you guys said is you did mention these public companies that are all owning Bitcoin. I don't think they help us that much. I think they help increase the price of Bitcoin, uh, but they're not going to fight for self sovereign Bitcoin users. They don't give a shit. They, 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 don't, they don't care about that shit. Yeah. The price raises so it makes the network more secure because the token that pays the miners and re- results in higher hash rate and whatnot increases. But they're not they're not going to, you know, Michael Saylor's not going to be fighting a fight for self-sovereign Bitcoin users. Well, I will push back and say the inclusion of Bitcoin on these publicly traded companies' balance sheets uh, is a passive way to protect Bitcoin because if you get hit a certain threshold of important companies like Square coming in, I think is much more important than MicroStrategy because Square is probably one of the most innovative companies in the country when it comes to fintech products. And I think they would probably get mad at me if I labeled them a fintech company, um, <laughs> like a neo bank. Uh, and it's a passive protection because it makes it that much harder for the government to crack down because you have systemic publicly traded U.S. companies with this asset on their balance sheet. And if the government were to come in and shut down Bitcoin overnight, you would you would actually hurt the stock market significantly, as we know, with presidents. Uh, that's not that's not what they're going to do, though, if they, if they attacked it. Well, first of all, with Square, it is different because Square is self-custodying, which is which is awesome. Right, not your keys, not your coins, and I I think Square has a direct incentive to make sure you know to try and fight for for Bitcoiners to be able to self custody because a huge if you look at their user flows, um, like a, a a large amount of their users are just buying Bitcoin as they should and just immediately withdrawing it. Right, so it hurts their business if if and you see that with their Square crypto how they how they've been funding development and stuff with funding BTC pay server but they 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 have an incentive they 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 want to see like self-sovereign bitcoin usage happening right and i think um, i think the michael sailors of the world want that too he seems pretty passionate they may not self-custody their bitcoin yet but i could see him definitely uh, no he he literally said there's no reason to spend your bitcoin ever like on twitter yeah, he said that. He can believe that, but he can believe there's reason to self custody. He said he said there's only like the most important transaction you should make is is after you buy it, sending it to cold storage. But to him, that means sending it to his uh, custodial wallet that someone else is holding his cold storage. Look, if 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 the government comes after, if the U.S. government comes after Bitcoin, or if any of these governments come after Bitcoin, they're not going to come out for a full ban. They're going to say you need to do full disclosures. They're going to make self-custody as difficult as possible. They're going to make – it doesn't hurt the digital gold narrative as much, right? It's not going to um, – it, it, I, I don't see them – they already are disclosing all of their shit, right? Like they have to as like publicly traded companies. It doesn't, it doesn't impact their usage of Bitcoin that much. 
Um, and I, I, I don't think, I don't think that, like, I don't think. You got to think game theoretically here, though. Like, would you think Barry Silbert's gonna help protect us from the U.S. government? No, but we've already proven that he's ineffective. Remember, he at attacking. Remember he had. But, remember he had people meet in a hotel room. Yeah, he was ineffective at attacking Bitcoin, but I also would say he's ineffective at protecting Bitcoin. Like, I don't, I don't think it's like that big. You know, it's good to see. I, I'm not saying it's not good to see. I just don't think. Uh, I I I think Bitcoiners should be careful about overstating how much you know a, a protection we get from these these big public companies from buying buying Bitcoin and holding it on their balance sheets. Yeah, it's inevitable they're going to be doing it. And then too, think of the game theory. Play it out though. Like still, I think that leads to the scenario that I described earlier, in which if you allow these companies to be co-opted and they diminish Bitcoin's assurances it diminishes the value of the token on their balance sheet. And again, if that's being incited by the government, maybe the government thinks twice about that because they are impairing uh, U.S. publicly traded U.S. companies. And as we know, presidents and Fed Reserve Board members love the stock market. Though would the, the dissolution of just the Bitcoin portion of their balance sheet um, be enough to bring the stock price down far enough that they wouldn't attack. I don't know. Just playing I don't it through know, my head. I don't know if forced disclosures of Bitcoin ownership and restrictions on self-custody will hurt the price of Bitcoin. Do you think that'll... It'll, it, it, might, it might not hurt the price of Bitcoin. <sighs> and if it doesn't hurt the price of Bitcoin, then that whole incentive structure goes out the window. I think it has to, though, right? I don't know. A lot, a lot of. I think a lot of compliance bros would say that you know it it gives Bitcoin further legitimacy in the eyes of regulators. Like the people who actually need to use it for the purposes. Uh, it won't be framed as we're destroying Bitcoin. It'll be framed the same way that end-to-end encryption DOJ thing was framed, where they you know they they really care about Bitcoin and they want to see it foster a great ecosystem and yada 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 while they fuck us. Like that's that's how it's gonna be framed if it happens. Yeah, and again, it won't happen because the immune system, like Segwit two X, arguably would have would would have created an attack vector on the network. Yeah, but that's different than saying that the public companies having it on their balance sheet protects us, gives us like great protection. Like it doesn't, it's not, it's not protecting us. Just because they can't attack us using it doesn't mean uh, that they're get, that the opposite is true. See, no, yeah, I would argue against that. I would say it definitely, if anything, uh, delays enforcement. Because the government you think has... think MicroStrategy having Bitcoin I think in Square. I think Square. Delays... Okay, like I said, Square is a different story. Yes. I, I, think, I think Square, you know, is, is fighting the good fight. Yes. For now. And it's like, yeah, Square can be an example that brings in other Square-like companies... Uh, again, if anything, it delays, which is a form of protection, I would argue. But Square is, uh, if I'm, I'm looking on the sheet right now, Square is 4,000 of the 620,000 Bitcoin on this fucking <laughs> BitcoinTreasures.org. Yeah, well, so, they're stacking um, sats. They're going to stack sats quarterly. <laughs> just, I, just want, I just want people to... Uh, and Well, this is a good segue yeah. into our next topic, our good friend... Ria Batoria from Fidelity 
assets, uh, Fidelity Digital Assets, excuse me, put out a great report this week recommending a 5% portfolio allocation to Bitcoin. So maybe this will help expedite it, which will help delay the attacks on Bitcoin. We'll see though. No, don't be, don't ever be complacent. Uh, this is a little complacency freaking, but I'm also trying to paint a picture of, uh, of potential gain theory scenarios that can play out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not look like I'm like I was trying to say earlier, like I'm not saying that there's no benefit. I just don't want the benefit to be overstated. Like I think there's different, there's different levels of benefit. Like if we have rich people that are self custodying that are like, that are, that are using their own nodes, stuff like that. Like they're providing more protection uh, to me, I, I I believe they're providing more protection to the the core value prop of Bitcoin. Why I find Bitcoin interesting, um, than than someone who just keeps it you know publicly disclosed on their balance sheet in a custodial yeah. partner. Yeah. No. Just laying out the uh, the facts here, the scenarios. It's interesting to to war to war game this stuff. Um, is that the correct term? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. I know. Uh, I, I I love... I mean, this is what I like... Uh, this is what I miss about the New York Bitcoin meetups, right? Yeah. It's like... Because especially you get, you get a little drink in and you start going through all these different scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe there is an in-person meetup in Central Park, right? Uh, yeah, in Washington Square Park. Not Washington Central Square Park. Park. Um leaves New York and just starts confusing all of our parks. There's so many of them. <laughs> I miss Central Park. Uh, again, I mentioned Ria Batoria from Fidelity Digital Assets put out a, um, a research piece with a portfolio a- allocation recommendation. You guys should definitely check that out. Uh, and our boy, my counterpart here at RHR, uh, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. He was on a privacy panel uh, at a Fidelity uh, privacy conference a couple of months ago. Was that a couple of months ago? I think it was September. Yeah. Um, so last month. So Sam Abbasi was the moderator. Uh, and they released the full, you can watch every talk that happened. It was. It, they did a really good job. Yeah, uh, their you- priorities really seemed to be in a good place. But yeah, mine was with... Uh, uh, Tom Robinson of Elliptic and Ricardo. Fluffy Pony, yeah, and Sam Abbasi of uh, Fidelity moderated it. It was a good. It was a good conversation. It was a fun one. Yeah, go check it out, freaks. I it's, appreciate them having me. Yeah, and uh, shout out to you, fighting the good fight but, on these on these panels. But see, like that's what like if you ask Tom, if you ask Tom, like he says, you know, they're they're doing they're helping Bitcoin because they're making it more regulatory compliant by oh, doing all this chain off. surveillance and stuff. But I bet you, if you ask a lot of these, you know, these public companies, they would say the same thing. That's why I, I'm not necessarily sure. Like the, a lot of times, news that we would find bearish, other people would find bullish. That's all I'm saying. Yes, doesn't necessarily mean the price is gonna. Like the worst case scenario for me, I think I don't know. The worst case scenario for me is like the Bitcoin price like pumps and like we're right about that, but they just stamp us all out. You know, they just like fuck us all. Right. Like that would be that would be the worst case scenario to me. Some of the 2011. OGs I'd rather would go say to zero. Happen. I'd rather go to fucking zero. But if you talk, to, if you talk to like the 2011, 2012 OGs, they'll say that already happened. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, if you talk to some people, they say I'm being dangerously towards the Bcash narrative, but I don't think that's the case. That's that's not uh, that's not what I'm trying to say here. Whoa, no, I know, I I, I get no, I agree with that perspective well it'll be interesting to see how it plays out i'm just on the side of freedom i think people should have freedom so I, I, if freedom gets stamped out i'll be pissed yes, off yes yes and freedom's uh being attacked pretty aggressively from all angles right now freaks. exactly so get out there and speak up uh marathon patent group uh announced this is a mining company here in north america they announced a joint venture with beowulf energy for 105 megawatt bitcoin mining data center they also just put in a big order for Bitmain S19s. So we mentioned uh, hash rate getting plugged in uh, in the beginning of ep- the episode when we were talking about the upcoming difficulty adjustment tomorrow. Um, and so here's an indication that more hash rate with some of the most recent hardware, some of the most recent hardware will be uh, coming to the network soon. Um, yeah, we'll see if that S19 batch is is up to snuff. Hopefully they they don't have the failure rates that some of their batches have had to date. Uh, this was a really cool piece. Love that BitMax is just chugging through this controversy they're going through. Uh, they wrote a blog on the risk of brain wallets and how easy they are um, to be swept. So if you can create your own private key with a random string of words, some people in the past have used uh, lines of a book and there's bots out there that are just looking to sweep poorly made private keys, particularly uh, seed phrases. Yeah, I mean they already know the private keys, so they're just checking. They're just checking them all the time. Yeah. Uh, so don't do that. It's good to see good Bitmex research pieces still coming out, given all the shit they're dealing with. So cheers to them for that. Keep fighting the good fight, freaks at Bitmex. Uh, Ellen research data. I did not look at this yet. What do you got here? Neither have I. It's just a massive data set, so you can go and see like the topology of the network at any given time. Um, so that could be really useful for people trying to do research and analysis of Lightning and how it's evolved. Um, yeah. Yes. It's uh, all on GitHub. Pretty cool. Uh, another pretty cool thing is Musig2, a simple two-round Schnorr multi-signatures, Jonas Nick, Tim Ruffing, and Yannick Siren. Uh, some Bitcoin developers worked on it looks like again music too and I have holding my hand up here I haven't dove into the whole paper but the way I understand it is that it makes multi-sig uh, more private except that with the trade-off that it's interactive so uh, both keys have to be online at the same time yes um, so it's more for like hot wallets and stuff I believe actually interesting then like merchants running lightning nodes constantly. yeah it could be really useful for lightning because lightning is 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 two of two multi-sig yeah that's pretty cool yeah we'll be on we'll see how that's implemented and last but not least uh joe rogers has released the september edition of words bitcoin journal um so bitcoinwords.github.io uh if you guys want to check out cy20 m9 um so if you guys want to check that out go do that um yeah busy week crazy week like i said a couple minutes ago freedom is being attacked from all sides 
Bill Barr wants to put back doors in your encryption. So he basically wants to end encryption. Uh, there's a bunch of crazy people who want the government to censor the internet more. There's a bunch of politicians who want to dictate what our uh, social media companies can do. Uh, Twitter is not letting you share links to the New York Post. Can we end it on an optimistic note anyway, Matt? The DOJ had like their 84-page paper on cryptocurrency last week. Yeah, we should actually point out that their anatomy of a Bitcoin transaction is hilariously wrong. Oh, uh, one thing that I... Yeah, <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um, uh, oh, yeah, two things. I'll do the the negative thing first, and then I'll do the positive thing. I, I looked up... Uh, we, we were discussing drone warfare last episode drone drone usage has actually we've had more drone strikes uh since obama in the trump administration in somalia afghanistan and yemen god damn the it. only one we went down in pakistan that's why um, i said yemen man people don't yeah. talk about yemen enough they no one's really talking about drone strikes in general i yeah. just that i thought that was interesting that was a big thing under obama administration and i I'm guilty here. I thought we were being more peaceful in the Trump Yeah, we're not. Just no one's talking about it. I guess just all this other shit's going on. Um, and then the other thing, uh, this is the positive. Um, well, I guess it's negative, but positive. In Nigeria, there's this, there's all this police abuse that's happening. Um, and the, the groups that are organizing against it, um, the banks were used against them, and all of their fundraising has been stamped out. Um, but now they're using BTC Pay Server to accept donations globally um, towards this fight, uh, which is like this is this is massive to me. Like this is you know this is one of the reasons I Bitcoin is because it it gives people around the world the ability to access a global financial system without censorship uh, or uh, in a resistant censorship resistant way. So it's fucking fantastic to see. <sighs> I like that we can end it on a positive note. Yeah, see, I'm bullish on that. Bullish as fuck. Okay. I'm bullish too right now. Remember, freaks. Is it the day is darkest before the dawn? Is that the quote? The way I look at it is the like... The night is darkest before the dawn. Yeah, there's, we're, we knew there's going to be a fight. Like, of course there's going to be a fight. You know, what is that quote? It's like, first they ignore you... First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Yes. Right. And we're at the then they fight you stage. So so if 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 it wasn't a fight, then that would be bearish in itself. You know, I think there's gonna be a fight here because it's it's such a monumental thing in human history. We actually have the ability to you know, enforce our rights and empower individuals like using code. Instead of just laws, uh, and I think that's going to be massive, and but it's it's going to be painful. It's it's not going to be like this easy magical unicorn process. I agree. Um, so buckle up, freaks. Sack up. Put your helmets on. Put your big boy pants on. Your big girl pants on. Your big girl bra on. Whatever you need to put on. Got a fight ahead of us. Uh, I'm happy to be on the front lines with you, freaks. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention before we get out of here. Um. Oh yeah, especially here in America, things are probably going to be very chaotic in the next two weeks. Just realize that we're coming into an election. Um, try to ground yourself. I, I 
fail at doing that myself sometimes and, and fall prey to the the madness of the of the media narrative of the given day to uh, consciously inactively uh, remind yourself that this is for a reason uh, got a chaotic election season I love you all peace and love freaks Ta-ki!